Chapter Ten of Bunny Brown and His Sister Sue at Christmas Tree Cove. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sean McGahey. And Sarah, Chapter Ten, in the storm. Before Sue and Uncle Tad could do anything, even if they had known what to do, something very queer happened. The goat, on whose back Bunny was riding. Jumped up on the big circular platform on the merry-go-round. It was on this platform that the wooden animals, birds, and fishes were built, and were also with the broad wooden seats for older folk, who did not like to get on the back of a lion or a camel and be trolled around. The platform was broad, for boys and girls had to step on it to make their way to whatever animal they wanted to sit on, and the men collected the tickets. Also had to walk around on this wooden platform while the machine was in motion, and it was in motion when the live goat jumped on it. There was plenty of room for Billy on the merry-go-round, though why he jumped up on it I cannot say. You can hardly tell why a goat does things, anyhow. Right up on the moving merry-go-round leapt the goat, with Bunny clinging to the long hair of his back. The goat slid along until he came up beside a lion on whose back a frowsy young person was riding. Oh my! cried this girl. One of the wooden animals has come to life! She screamed and would have fallen from the lion, Sue thought, but for the fact that a young man was standing beside her. He had come around to collect her ticket. And when he heard her scream and saw her sway back and forth, he grasped her. Sit still, advised the ticket taker. But look, cried the girl, one of the wooden animals has come to life. Oh, I'm so afraid, and look, he has a little boy on his back. The goat on which Bunny was riding was quite large, really as big as one of the wooden goats of the merry-go-round, and as the make-believe creatures were painted to resemble the real animals as nearly as possible, the sight was a surprising one. "'Nonsense!' exclaimed the young man ticket-taker. "'It isn't one of the wooden animals. "'It's a real goat from the ones over by the ponies. "'He's alive, of course.' "'The frowsy girl giggled. "'And I'm alive, too,' added Bunny, "'his hands wound in the goat's long hair. "'But I didn't want to ride the goat up here.' "'Oh, Bunny! Bunny!' shouted Sue from the outer edge of the merry-go-round, "'which she and Uncle Tad had now reached.' Look out, Bunny, or you'll fall off. There was a laugh from the crowd of evening pleasure seekers that had gathered at the shore resort. I am holding on, cried Bunny. Whoa now, goat, he called. Stop the machine, exclaimed Uncle Tad. All right, we'll stop it, said the ticket taker, who still held to the frowsy young person on the back of the line. The goat seemed quiet enough for now. After it had jumped up on the moving platform, with Bunny on its back, the animal just stood there, looking around. Perhaps it felt quite at home with the wooden horses, the ostriches, the lions, tigers, camels, and other creatures so gaily painted and with pieces of looking glass stuck all over them. Slowly the merry-go-round came to a stop, and the ticket-taker, letting go of the girl, would not fallen from the back of the line, hurried to Bunny's side. 
I'll lift you off, he said. Thank you, answered Bunny. A moment later, he was walking over to join Sue and Uncle Tad. Well, a man stepped from the crowd and took charge of the goat, which he led to the edge of the platform. The goat leaped down and off as Bunny had done. I hope my goat didn't hurt you when he ran away with you, said the man walking up to Bunny, Sue and Uncle Tad, and leading the horned creature. Oh, no, he didn't hurt me, Bunny answered. But I didn't think he'd run away with me just because I got up on his back. He isn't used to having boys and girls on his back unless he wears a saddle, the man explained. Did you jump on the goat's back, Bunny? asked Uncle Tad. Well, I didn't exactly jump on, replied the little boy. I was leaning over, looking at him, and I sort of wanted to see how it would feel to get on his back. And I did. And then he ran up on the merry-go-round with me. But I held on, so I wouldn't fall. How did it happen? asked Uncle Tad. All I know about it is this, said the man who owned the goat. I have a few of these billies and nannies for children that don't want a pony back ride. But I was getting the goats ready to put in the stable for the night, and I'd taken off the saddles. I had my back turned, and the first thing I knew, I heard a shout. I turned and saw this boy on Nero's back heading for the merry-go-round. I followed as fast as I could. Nero is a gentle goat, but I couldn't tell what he'd do when he got mixed up with the wooden animals, he finished. No, said Uncle Tad, that's so. You did wrong, Bunny, to get on the goat's back without asking permission. I, I didn't mean to, said the little boy. When you and Sue were looking at the glass blower, I went over to look at the ponies and the goats. And I just sort of leaned over this goat, and first I remember I was on his back and he ran away with me. There's no harm done, said the goat's owner, as the people in the crowd smiled and laughed at what had happened. Come over in the morning and I'll let you have a regular ride on a saddle. You and your sister, he added, as he looked at Sue. Thank you, she answered. I'll come if mother will let me. I guess we have to go on to Christmas Tree Cove in the morning, announced Bunny. Anyhow, I'm much obliged for this ride, he said. Nero's a good goat, and he patted the head of the animal. Yes, he's a good goat, agreed the owner. Then he took his horned steed back to the pony stand. The merry-go-round started off again with the loud music, and Uncle Tad took Bunny and Sue back to the ferry. Of course there was considerable talk and some laughter on board the boat when the story was told of Bunny's goat ride. His mother laughed him, told him never to do such a thing again, and, of course, Bunny said he wouldn't. Did you like that ride, questioned Sue, when they were getting ready to go to bed? I didn't, I didn't, was Bunny's answer. I got on the boat so sudden-like I didn't have time to make up my mind about it. He was an awful quick goat, Nero was. I guess most goats are quick. Once I saw a goat go after a man who's pasting bills up on a board. My but, but that man had to run to get out of the way. Maybe the goat wanted his bills or his paste, said Bunny. I went to the goat's love to eat billboard paper just for the paste on it. Maybe so. Bright and early, 
The next morning, Bunker Blue arose and began to wash down the decks of the boat. As he was splashing water around in his bare feet with his trousers rolled up, a young man with a bundle under his arm came down to the dock. Here are the dresses and things Miss Brown lent to the young lady, said the young man. They are very much obliged. I brought them early, for I thought maybe you'd want to get an early start. Yes, I believe we are going to leave soon, answered Bunker, but I don't like the looks of the weather. He added, it seems to me we are going to have a storm. If you get another canoe and paddle out in it, he said, I wouldn't go out too far from shore. Thank you. I'll be careful, was the answer. Bonanza awakened and got ready for breakfast. Bunker told about the visit of the young man. Then the children went out on deck to look at the sea and the sky. I say the sea though it really was part of the Sandport Bay and not exactly the open ocean. There was a very large body of water. Do you think it's going to rain, Bunker? asked Sue. I think it's going to rain and blow too, answered the fishing boat boy, who had learned to read the weather signs, that the ferry is able to stand it, I think. How are you after your goat ride, Bunny? Oh, I feel fine, declared the little boy, but I want to get to Christmas Tree Cove before long. So do I, added Sue. I'm going to make a little bungalow there for my dolls. And I'm going to make one to camp in, declared her brother. They started off right after breakfast, and as Bunny and Sue played around on the deck, they could see their father and Captain Ross talking together and looking up at the sky every now and then. We'll keep near shore, they heard the captain say. Then if the storm breaks, we can tie up. But though the clouds scudded across the sky all day, the storm did not break. It was black and lowering when evening came. But after another look all around, Bunny heard the captain say to their father and mother, We may as well keep on. It may blow over, and if we tie up overnight, it will take us just so much longer to get there. I'd better keep on, don't you think? Yes, said Mr. Brown, keep on. So the ferry kept on through the waters of the bay. Bunny and Sue, after being allowed out on deck to watch the distant twinkling lights of other vessels, were put to bed in their bunks, and Mrs. Brown fastened some broad canvas straps up in front of their berths. What are they for? asked Sue, as she kissed her mother goodnight. So you won't fall out if the boat rolls and rocks too much in the storm, was the answer. Oh, I like to be out in a storm, exclaimed Bunny. I do if it's not too hard a storm, said Sue. I think this will be only a small one, replied Mrs. Brown. But as she went out on deck and felt the strong wind and noticed how high the waves were, she felt a trifle uneasy. Some hours later, Bunny and Sue were each awakened about the same time by feeling themselves being tossed up in their berths. Bunny was flung up against the canvas straps his mother had fastened, and at first he did not know what was happening. And then he heard Sue ask, What's the matter? Don't be afraid, said Bunny. It's only the storm, I guess. Oh, feel that, he cried. And as he spoke, the fairy seemed to be trying to stand on her head. 
End of chapter 10. This was a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain.